don't fear the resistance. Just know that it's part of the journey. It's part of the hero's journey of their story that you can come out on the other side being better professionals. You just have to know how to take people along the journey with you. Hi, welcome to Change Out Loud, the podcast where change management intersects with everyday life. I'm Adnan Ali. And I'm Kara Sundar. Adnan, I'm going to tell you a story and you can tell me if this sounds familiar. A project is introduced and expectations are super high. It's being paraded around as the thing that's going to transform the business. And then after a while, people start to kind of realize it's going to be hard. They might become disillusioned. They're starting to have some negative emotions thinking about, oh, I'm going to have to change, but I don't even really understand how. And then training begins. (laughs) And people, they go to training maybe, and they start to go back into old habits and find workarounds instead of actually adopting it. And then what happens? The project goes over budget scope is extended. They have to do another round of training. This is what happens when projects don't think about the people and the journey that they are going to go on as a result of any kind of change. So for our listeners who might be in the communication field, I bet this is going to sound familiar. Oh, well, if you need to to get with people, you just need to communicate more. Or just be positive and continue to sell the benefits and people will come along. Or just be really consistent with how you deliver and those communications will ultimately get people where they need to be. Well, you know, if you need commitment, that might be enough. Maybe people just need to change their email signature to have the new company branding or something. It's like a one-time compliance thing. That might be enough. But my guess is for most of these initiatives, they actually want to build a new capability among their workforce. And that means supporting peer-to-peer interactions, addressing negative emotions and expecting them, frankly, and building that two-way conversation between the business and leadership to make sure you're actually delivering something that people can use and that meet the needs of the business. So welcome to the change curve. That's what we're here to talk about communicating for change, meaning taking a step back, thinking about where am I in the change curve? Where are my people? And what kind of messages do they need to hear? How do they need to hear it? And who do they need to hear it from? So where should we start, Adnan? Let's start with the change curve and where we start with all of this. So the first phase of the change curve is really ending what you're currently doing. And usually there's an element of shock with that. So when you're announcing that something is changing and you're hearing it for the first time, there's usually a period of shock. And the thing is, that shock can be managed, right? So if I'm hearing something for the first time and this is going to start tomorrow, it is an enormous shock to the system because it's like, gosh, what do I have to do? How do I make this possible? Panic, right? However, if we communicate early and we communicate often and we engage our people in the process, it's not that shocking, right? If I have three months notice that something's coming and I've engaged leaders and we've communicated in different forums and we have a very compelling message, hey, there's no more shock. Yeah. And making sure people know where to go. So I'm thinking even if you just have a forum or a SharePoint site, whatever you have in your company, 
It's a place people can go for the latest message. They don't kind of hear it through rumor and start making things up. Yeah. If you can control the rumor mill by owning the rumor mill, you're in control, right? So that's what I always say. Give people a place to go and that's where they get the latest news. They don't have to go to the water cooler or the coffee machine, wherever that might be in your respective workplace. Exactly. And in this phase, I would say, even if you haven't launched them yet, be thinking about where you want those forums to be, because people are going to be talking about this project. If it's this huge transformation, let's say, they're going to be talking bad about it, no matter if you're listening in or not. So if you can find some forums to let them talk to one another, have their feelings, address the rumors before they really start, it's just going to benefit everybody. Yeah. And then the next stage then we have is this period of denial, right? So Mm, there's that initial shock and we can manage that, but then there's emotion, right? It's denial of either, hey, I can't believe this is happening to me. This isn't something I, I want or really understand why we're doing. Or you might encounter a degree of skepticism in your organization. Maybe changes haven't landed so well in the past and there's a skepticism and a denial of, okay, but can we do this? Is this something that we can actually pull off? Uh, I don't really know. And that's where the compelling message is so important. You want to be engaging your key sponsors, your key influencers in your organization, and you want to give them the messages that they can use to bring along individuals along the change journey and really buy into the message of what we're doing, why we're doing it, how it impacts you, and really paint that picture of the future state. And I would say the group of people that get overlooked so often are team leads, managers, mid-level managers who both have to absorb the change themselves and then turn around and champion it with their teams. So finding a safe space for those people to feel supported, have their own feelings, and then giving them the tools that they need to help their team along the way is just going to pay huge dividends. I think there's something to be said here about letting people feel and air out their emotions because the next piece of the change curve is this dip that you potentially go through and a depression. And one of the best ways to avoid that is to give people the space to feel what they're feeling because it's completely natural. And this is where I think with communication professionals and change managers, we really have to come together to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that you will feel certain sorts of ways and it's perfectly fine. And if you can air it out and let's talk through what you're experiencing, how you're feeling, because it does matter. We don't want to minimize the losses that you might be feeling, right? We want to be empathetic. And and I think that empathy is what will help with avoiding that dip into depression, which is very real. It does happen. If, If you're just painting that pretty picture and that's all you're leaning into and you're not giving people the space to feel and air it out, you're going to find this dip of depression. Yeah. And my guess is a lot of companies are going through tons and tons of little changes if they're not going through a transformation. So people are feeling it on all sides and might be at different phases on the change curve, depending on which project you're talking about. Right, exactly. Now, those are all of the endings, right? So we've gotten to this period where you've at this point accepted that, hey, things are actually ending and will be different. Well, then you start to come out of your dip and you're in this transitional period. You're not immediately up on the other side, right? You're still going through a transitional period. And in this period, you're going through experimentation. So you're starting to, you know, use this new way of working, this change that's being deployed into your organization and is affecting you. You're starting to try it out. And this is where we want to create opportunities to 
partner with SMEs and really yes. encourage that problem-solving behavior. You know, really acknowledging that any change takes time and it's a journey and you're not going to immediately have it right day one. And that's okay. We don't expect you to because we know change is a journey and it takes time. So on this part of the change curve, it's so important that you create the opportunities and the space for people to workshop their problems. This is a problem I'm facing today. Help me workshop through this problem because I want to resolve it. Yeah. And you mentioned the SMEs. I think that's lingo most people will understand, but it's subject matter expert. So let's say that you're starting with a new finance system and the CFO is out, you know, saying, oh, this is going to be so great. But you know, it's really the lady you've got in the back office and procurement that's going to be driving the show in the future. And so, you know, having her be a visible supporter of the change, knowing she's still going to be the person you can go to if you have ultimate questions. This is a time when that's going to be really important just to feel that safety of, yes, things are changing, but the team around me that is going to be important for us to be successful is still going to be in place. So important. And in the process of doing this, so going through this transitional period, what you're actually doing is you're building up your capability and that infrastructure in BAU. Because what we forget is BAU is not a natural just, hey, it's yours now. Here are the keys. It's not, that isn't BAU. I, I always find BAU to be a period of building up confidence within your business resources. So if these are your subject matter experts, they're not going to immediately be ready to just take this and feel comfortable with taking this on full time. They're going to need that time to know that, hey, actually, I get these questions from people and I know how to support those questions. And I don't always have the answer in front of me, but we're able to problem solve these problems together. So you want to set up the infrastructure, but you can't just set it up and snap your fingers and it's ready, right? You need to build up that confidence. That's right. And when you say BAU, just for some of our listeners who might be, not be in project land, All the acronyms, business yeah. as usual. <laughs> so people like Adnan and I get hired or brought in to help with a specific heavy lift initiative. But ultimately, somebody has to own it, and it's typically not us. So Adnan is totally right. Building the capability within the people who are going to be owning it long term is a really critical part of our journey, and they're on their own change curve sometimes. Right. Yeah. And for us, we're on our own change curve as well. I know for change managers, from the get-go of these initiatives, right, we are so closely involved. Ideally, you're closely involved, and you are nurturing these relationships. You're really helping your stakeholders build up that confidence, land those messages. But at a certain point, we need to start stepping away. You know, we need to really understand that we have the infrastructure, the people in place to support this, and we can slowly step away. And, and for us, there's a bit of letting go, I think, that as change managers, we need to do more of. And it's accepting that it's not always going to be 100% on message, but if it's 90% there, hey, that's good enough for BAU because in business as usual, not everything can't be predicted, right? There is a level of variability. So we have to be okay with that. And I think as change managers, be okay with stepping away. Yeah, before you go, you know, making sure that you've got user guides or a great website with training. You might be using WalkMe, which is kind of right. embedded tools to help people actually navigate it so that this me isn't, loaded down with all of that stuff, like having to do training calls every day instead of their job. That's a great way that you can leave behind a toolkit for them. 
And then maybe setting up some metrics for success that they can track going forward, celebrating the successes that your community has gone through. That's huge. And so often forgotten. (laughs) Absolutely. And really sharing the results and rewarding the behaviors that you want to see going forward. That's going to set the long-term business that's owning it up for success. And I think that's really important, Kara, what you just mentioned, because what typically happens on initiatives is you don't just do one big implementation. You do an implementation, you embed the change, and then you start up the next phase. There's usually another phase that's coming, and you need the individuals that you just worked with to be ready to also help land that next phase of change. And in order to do that, they need the support, the infrastructure in place. So whether it's WalkMe, whether it's video training that's in place, click guides, resources, you need all of that in place so that they have the space then to support the next stage of change. It's a great point. Yeah, especially with agile delivery now, it's rarely one and done, unfortunately. (laughs) Change is continuous. Yeah, yeah. And I think the biggest challenge in thinking through the change curve and thinking about those multiple initiatives that might be happening and different people on different places, but we are also on different projects that are in different places. And sometimes I feel like one day I'm writing a training guide, then halfway through the day, I'm coaching someone through resistance. And then by the end of the day, I'm writing an executive pack, (laughs) you know, for sponsors. And so finding a toolkit that works for you, something that you know, you've built over time or collected, it also helps us run our stuff better and be able to manage our own change portfolio that we're managing better. That's just a a tip I've found that has worked for me. So Adnan, if we think about the change curve, and then you think about some of your favorite stories, like maybe from a movie or a favorite book, you know, it's really a common story. You've got somebody who has an opportunity And then they have some kind of challenge, right? Where you're rooting for the underdog, you're rooting for them, and then they come out on the other side successful. And I think those stories resonate so much with us because we see ourselves in them. You know, we go through these changes and we grow through the process and it's not always fun. But when we actually think about these stories and the change curve that we just described, they're very, very similar. So finding ways to take advantage of the change curve. Think of it as an expected thing, something that can come with a positive result. Don't fear the resistance. Just know that it's part of the journey. It's part of the hero's journey of their story that you can come out on the other side being better organization, better professionals. You just have to know how to take people along the journey with you. Well said. And on that note, We want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. What do you think about the change curve? How are you managing your stakeholders, your people across the change curve? Join us and chat with us on LinkedIn. We'll catch you next time. 